We are starting a new series for the month of November, and uh, we're calling it There is Hope. I just really felt, I still feel, that we are in a time in history, in life right now, where there is a lot of potential for hopelessness. Doesn't have to be that way, but there, it seems like every day you can check another box and say, oh, another reason to be hopeless today. We could do that, but we're going to talk about how, the, how the, we don't have to do that. And maybe even in your own life, you have, you're in the middle of a hopeless situation. But, um, so we're going to talk about that for, for this month. But, you know, we, we talk about um, some of the basic needs of a human being, right? You're, you're familiar with some of these if you've been through uh, science class, biology and all that. And well, one of the needs is food. You have to have food to survive. You have to have air. You have to have water. And then you get into things like shelter. And, you know, if you're a little bit bashful, you need clothing, which is a good, we recommend that. Uh, but on top of that, one of the most important elements of life that you really can't do without, and that is hope. We have to be able to live with the fact and believe that there is something better for us than what we're currently experiencing in life right now. So if you're going to thrive, even survive, you need to believe that there is something beyond yourself and something beyond your current situation that is better than what you are experiencing at the moment. The problem is, for so many people, the word hope basically comes down to wishful thinking. It's sort of like when you, you blow out all those candles on your birthday cake. Most of us are to the point where you just get one, right? You blow that candle out and somebody says, make a wish, and you wished, and you never tell anybody, and then you forget it, right? Or, or maybe, maybe your idea of hope is, I hope it doesn't rain this coming weekend because I have a wet, an outdoor wedding that I'm involved in. And you, rightly so, you don't want to rain. Or maybe it's, I hope that lottery ticket I bought last week pays off. Do not recommend. Did you know, do you know what, what we're up to right now? The national Powerball lottery winnings is up to $1.9 billion at the moment. That is just way too much money. Except for the person who wins it, I'm pretty sure they'll think differently. But, so I put together what I believe is a definition for hope. And it's this. Uh, you have it in your notes as well. It's an eager anticipation of wanting something to happen. It's a confident expectation that something better is in the future and trusting that what was promised will be fulfilled. So there's some key words in each one of these. It's an e hope is an eager anticipation. Hope is this confident expectation. And hope is trusting. It's trusting that what someone said that they were going to do, someone promised you something, when, when you trust that it's going to come through, you trust that they're going to come through, and that is what hope 
is all about. And using these definitions, you realize how powerful hope really is. Matter of fact, it's vital to our existence because if you don't have hope for something better than what you're going through right now, it's just hard to get out of bed in the morning. I mean, tomorrow morning you wake up and, and you think, you know what? If today's going to be anything like it was the last week or so, I don't even want to get out of bed. I just, I, I don't see anything that has changed for me to have a better day and a better week. It just feels as hopeless today as it did last week. However, you can get out of bed tomorrow morning and say, you know what? <laughs> Last week was a mess. But I believe, I have this expectation that this week is going to be so much better. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit. But um, here's what it's, let's start with Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And we're, this morning, even though our, our series is, there is hope, today it's about having eyes of faith. And we're going to tie in where faith and hope come together in the whole picture. Here's what it says. Faith means being sure of the things we hope for. And knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. So this, this is where faith comes in. Faith is this assurance that, that what I am hoping for is the real thing. That it's going to happen. And it's trusting that what I am anticipating is actually going to happen even if I don't see it yet. That's why faith is so important. Because if, if we have a problem with faith... We have a problem with thinking and seeing and believing that there's anything better than our current situation. Because we have no evidence of it. Faith doesn't require evidence. Matter of fact, it's not until you have faith sometimes that the evidence appears. That's why sometimes making a faith decision is so counter human intuition and reason because our minds would say well why would I do that it doesn't add up the facts aren't lining up all these things why would I do that well faith says God said and even if it doesn't look real my faith tells me that because God said it I know it's to be true and it's going to happen it's going to be real. And that's where hope and faith come together in this. Because faith brings an assurance to our hope and it moves hope to a reality. Matter of fact, hope and faith are interconnected with each other. They're like, they're like cousins. They're cousins to really one of the most important things in life. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, there in your note, says this. There are th three things that will last forever, okay? There's faith, there's hope, and then there's what? The lo there's love, and the greatest of them is what? Love. Now our tendency is to say, well, love is the most important faith and hope, thanks for trying. But did you realize that they're in the top three? 
Faith and hope are in the top three of the most important things that will last for eternity. They're right up there. Love just squeaked it out. But they're next to it. That's why it's so important for all of us. So in this series, we're going to look at how can I really have hope when everything around me looks, feels, and acts like it's hopeless? How can I really have a hope for something better for my life, but also in the world? So there's three words we're going to use um, that hopefully will help us understand hope better. It's, it's the word see, it's the word believe, and the word expect. So how do I get there? How do I have that kind of hope that really matters? Is it genetics? Or is it personality? I mean, we, we know some people that they're just naturally hopeful people, right? They're just bubbly, they're positive, and they're always, I mean, no matter what they're going through, you, you, there's always something better coming, right? Is it a, something we learn? What is it? How can I have that when I don't naturally have it? Well, number one is this. Write this in your notes. Hope sees what could be. All right, it sees what could be. So this whole thing starts with our eyes. It starts with what, we, with what I see. So if hope sees what could be, what does it see? What does hope really see? Well, hope sees hopeful things. <laughs> you can write that down. Okay? Hope sees hopeful things. It sees things that are positive. Hope sees the potential in situations. Hope sees the things that could be, and it always sees the possibilities of something better. So how does it see that? because it's looking for them. Hope sees because hope looks for those things. It's expecting to see them. So what I see determines my level of hope. And what I hope for determines what I see. They're interconnected. In other words, you probably know this, you tend to see whatever it is you're looking for. You ever realize that? When I was 16 years old, uh, my dad helped me buy my first car. It was a 1969 Volkswagen Beetle. Go Beetles, right? I mean, the car. Anyways, um, anyway, I wasn't looking for one. Matter of fact, it wasn't a Beetle, a Volkswagen Beetle wasn't even on my radar. When you're 16, you're thinking 68 Camaro, 72 Chevelle, 66 Mustang, you know, the, the cool cars of the day. So I'm here going, what are those things? Anyways, okay, but we were looking for that. But my friend happened to have a 69 Volkswagen Beetle and it was affordable, $600. Dad paid half, I paid half. It was awesome. Okay, so driving down the road and all of a sudden one thing I noticed I had never noticed this before, but hey, there goes a beetle. There's little punch buggies everywhere, right? They're all over the place. And I thought, what, did everybody else go out and buy one just because they wanted to be like me? <laughs> you know, the thought, it's not real, but you know what happened, right? You, you've experienced this in your own life. The minute you get something, whether it's a car or almost anything, all of a sudden, you start seeing them everywhere. Why? 
because you're thinking about them. It's on your mind. You're aware of it. I mean, you get into one every day, right? And you go, oh, there's another one like me. See, that's how hope is oftentimes, is that one of the reasons I don't have hope is because I'm not seeing hopeful things. And I often don't see hopeful things around me because I'm not looking for them. And I'm not looking for hopeful things because, here's the, here, here's the big one, I don't believe there are any. One of the reasons we don't have a lot of hope for the situation we're in or for life is because in the back of our mind we're going, you know what, <laughs> there's no hope. I don't have anything to be hopeful for. That's why hopelessness often gets stuck because hopelessness sees what is. It sees, it sees the facts of the moment and therefore it thinks that's reality. Hope says, no, this is your situation, but there's so much more. There's something better than what you're experiencing right now. And if we don't have that hope, if we can't believe that there's hope, then we're not going to see it. And we get stuck with a heart and a mind full of hopelessness that says, I'm done. <laughs> there is nothing better. I'm just, I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's where some of us are at today. We feel hopeless because we feel and we believe that the situation we're in right now, there is nothing better for me. I'm stuck. Here's what it says in Ephesians 1.18. This is Paul writing this to the church in Ephesus. And he says this. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In other words, I pray that your eyes are open. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. For some of us, this morning... We need to have the, our eyes of faith opened up so we can start seeing things, seeing our situation, seeing our family, seeing the future with eyes of hope rather than what is in the moment. For most of us, everything that you need right now, everything in life is already there. God has already provided everything that you need. Maybe you're feeling hopeless because there's something you need to make it through. You, you need wisdom, you need resources, you need a person, you need something. If you just had that, then there would be hope. For, I, I, could have, I could have a better hope. There, I'd have a better outlook. There's good things would happen. But I want to tell you this morning, Everything that you need in life right now is already there. You just need the eyes of hope and the eyes of faith to be able to see it so that you can experience it. Some of us are waiting for something and God says the only thing you need to wait for is to have your eyes opened up, like Paul says. It's interesting because uh, within the 40 days that Jesus was on the earth at, from his resurrection until he was taken up into heaven uh, there's different times he had encounters with people 
And, uh, and there's one time, especially there's these two men and we, from scripture, we read that they were believers in Jesus. They were, they'd been following Jesus. They're walking on the road and the road led to, you might've heard this, the road to Emmaus was the town that one of them lived in. And so they're on their way to Emmaus and they were, they were just, they were very sad. And they're talking with each other and they're saying, oh man, can you believe it? Our, our master, Jesus, they, they killed him and they put him in a tomb and he's gone. I don't know, what are we going to do? And Jesus appears and he starts walking right next to him. He goes, hey guys, what's going on? They go, oh man, didn't you hear? This, this Jesus that we've been following, they crucified him, they killed him. They put him in a tomb and, and we, nobody knows where he is now and he's just gone and it was like everything he did was for nothing. He goes, oh, that's a bummer, man. That's a real bummer. And I don't know if he said that, but anyways, he's talking with them and they don't recognize that the one that they are mourning and grieving over is the one who's walking next to them. So they get to the town, they get into a house and they're starting to eat a meal and they're talking, having a conversation. And all of a sudden, in Luke chapter uh, 24, it says this, verse 31. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. He just off he went, just like that. In other words, Jesus was with them the whole time but they didn't reckon, they didn't see him. How many of us are not recognizing the presence and the power and the provision of God himself in our lives? And we're mourning and we're grieving and we're living a hopeless situation because if only Jesus was here, if only Jesus would do this, if only and Jesus is here this morning to say, I'm here. I'm here. Everything you need, I've already accomplished. I've done it. It's right there in front of you. Open your eyes so that you can see. I love what it says um, in Psalm 119. We're going to jump there, then we'll jump back to Matthew. Okay, it says this, and this is, this is what I hope for you, for your prayer. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. What if you pray that every, what if every time you open the Bible to read, you say, Lord, open my eyes so I can see the wonderful things in your word. But why is what we see so important? Well, going back to Matthew chapter six, here's what Jesus says. He says, the eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. That's why what you see is so important in life because we tend to we, we tend to see what we're looking for are you looking for good things are you looking for hopeful things are you looking or do you when you look around your life right now what, what do you see do you see hopeful things or do you see hopelessness it's very important because what you see determines your attitude it determines your emotions, your feelings, it determines your decisions. Everything you do comes through your eyes. Number two then, the second thing that hope does, it believes for something better. Hope, it sees what could be, but it also believes for something better. So it, here's the thing, 
We're going to tie in what you see with what you believe. Because in order for you to see hopeful things, you have to believe that there are hopeful things. Are you with me? You won't, if you don't believe them, you won't see them. Because if I believe that there's something good about to happen, if I really believe it, then I'm going to see, I'm going to look and I'm going to see all the things, all the good things that will move toward all the, something good happening. I'll start spotting those good things. But if I doubt, if I doubt and say, you know, I just don't, I don't believe anything good's going to happen. I don't think anything positive can happen in this situation. What am I going to see? I'm going to look and I'm going to see all of the things that confirm my belief that nothing good is going to happen. I'm going to see all the negative things. We call this confirmation bias. You ever hear that? Hear of that? It means that I, I start off with a belief and then I look for everything that confirms that belief. Rather than looking with an open mind, I already have my mind made up. Here's what I believe. Therefore, the things I see, I'm going to find that support my already belief and my convictions. That's why what you believe is so important because it determines what you see. Hope requires faith because you are choosing to believe something that is not yet. Think about it. If what you're hoping for already existed, you already had something, then you wouldn't have to hope for it because it's already there, right? Hope is an act of faith. I hope this I hope God, I hope, means it's something that isn't yet, but by faith you're believing that it either is or will be. That's why we have to have eyes of faith, because they're connected with each other. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, We live by faith and not by sight. In the New Century Version, it says, we live by what we believe, not by what we what? Can see. We live by what we believe, not with what we can see. So we base our lives on faith that we have in Jesus Christ because our hope is in him. And we have hope in Jesus Christ we put all of our hope in him. Why? Well, first of all, because of what he's already done. And second, because he's what he's doing right now. Right now, I, I, just, I can say this with all faith, hope, and confidence, that at this very moment, God is at work doing some amazing things in your life. Amen. You get to pick. <laughs> Do I choose to believe that? Or do I choose to reject that? Do I choose to look for that? Or do I choose to close a blind eye to that? It's your choice. What God has done for us, what he's doing right now, but also what he promises to do in the future. This is, folks, this is so powerful. I mean, I, I think so, myself, 
Sometimes we flippantly talk about the promises of God. But we know that God never lies, right? He can't. He's the God of truth. He always tells us the truth. He always comes through and fulfills his promises in our lives. There's several thousand promises in scripture that God says, I will do them. My promises are yes and amen. I will always do what I said I'm going to do. You can count on that. You can build your life on that. That's why, that's why we can have so much hope is because God promises to do the things that he's already said he's going to do. He may do them differently than what you and I think we'd like. God, I'd really rather you done it this way, but, but he always does things that are best for us. Hebrews 6.11 says this, Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Now he's talking about our salvation, but he's also talking about all the good things that God has in store for you. And it's a lot of things, folks. There's a lot of things that you can have hope for because God loves his kids, you and I. We have to believe that. Then the third one is that hope expects the best. It expects the best. It, there's this level of expectation that comes with hope. Now, here's the thing. To believe something and to actually expect it to happen are often two different things. But if you have a real faith, if your faith is real and if you have it in God, faith says this. Faith says, I believe something, I expect it to happen, and then I'm going to prepare and, and plan for that to happen, right? That, that's, that's what we do. Faith says, I I'm so sure that what I believe is going to happen, I'm going to get ready for it to happen. I expect it, that it will happen. That's why we have this, that hope is this confident expectation that we plan and we prepare for. But the problem is, as human beings, we were, we were born with this, this human skepticism. We were born with a lot of bad things, right? But we're, by nature, we are skeptics. It's like, prove it and I'll, you know, you show me and I'll believe it. Prove it and I'll believe it kind of thing. And one of the phrases we use sometimes is, well, and we use it, I've used it, you have. I hope for the best but I plan for the, why? Why do we plan for the worst, but we think the best is gonna happen? That's not faith, folks. That re think about it, it really is not faith. What if the best happens? You're not ready for it. It catches you by surprise. You need to be prepared. Here, here's the thing. Here's, the, here's what happens when you, take, you have a hope and a faith in God and you have this eager expectation. Here's what happens is you believe without a doubt. There's a couple of them floating around in there, but you're going to conquer those doubts. And you're going you're gonna to plan and you're going to prepare 
as if the best possible thing is going to happen. Wouldn't that be better? But we're like, I know some of you are saying, but what if? What if is a big faith and hope killer? My thing is, but what if God does it? What if God comes through and your wildest expectation actually comes true? Do you have that kind of faith? Can you have that kind of hope that God will actually do something amazing in your life? I don't deserve it. I'm not that good. God is just little old me, but boy, I really believe you could do this. And God goes, just watch. Just watch. I'm just waiting. Wouldn't that be awesome, folks? What if our hope and our faith was that sure that we expected God to do the very best every time we prayed? Every time we made a decision, it always went to the, this is the best possible thing that God will do. Hope expects the best. Romans 5.13 says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with what? With hope. You may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What if you had so much hope? I mean, you were just filled to the brim. You were leaking hope. And everybody that's around you goes, what is going on? Every time I'm around you, I just, I'm filled with this hope and this faith. And it's, it's almost like I feel I'm invis- invincible when you're around. And you're going, that's my God. That's my God. Instead, how contagious are we with our negativity sometimes? Oh, life's a mess. We're going to die. There's no good, nothing good going to happen. You know, we have a choice. We have a choice. But living with and being filled with hope means that no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad it gets. You still see, you still believe, and you still expect that God's going to do the best. The outcome is going to be better than anything you can ask, dream about, think, or imagine. Ephesians 4.20. What if we lived like that? The only place you're going to get that kind of hope, though, as good as you might be and as positive as you might be, is from God himself. It's his Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the byproducts of that is hope. You'll be filled with, you'll be living with, you'll be able to see, have eyes of faith and eyes of hope. But it's your choice. You get to choose. You get to choose what you think. You get to choose what you believe. You get to choose what you expect. You get to choose your level of hope. And chances are, your choosing is going to be self-fulfilling. 
You've heard that before, right? A self-fulfilling prophecy. In other words, what you see is what you get. What you think is what you become. You begin moving that direction. Not because of you, but because of what you think about God and how much faith and hope and trust you put in him. Hebrews 3 says this. But Christ is the son in charge of God's people. And we are those people if. That's a big word. If. We keep on being brave and we don't what? If we don't lose hope. Folks, you can lose hope. <laughs> it's very easy. It doesn't take but a couple of decisions and you, you can find yourself in a very hopeless situation. That's why when you pray, you believe that God hears you and he will answer your prayer. You have hope. When you help people, you do so because you believe that what you're doing is actually going to do, make an impact in their lives. That is hope. We love people because the hope that God has given us is the kind of hope that we want to share with others. And we don't give up because we have a hope that God is going to save us. And one of the hopes that we all have and can have is that there's coming a day, there's coming a moment, there's coming a time when God will be victorious over everything that is happening in the world today. Don't ever lose that hope. If that's the only hope you got, hang on to it because it's a real hope. It will happen. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says this, wrapping up with this verse. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. And they will walk and they will not be faint. That's the kind of hope we can have when you put your hope in the Lord. How do you get that? Well, it's by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. You just simply say, God, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't know what else to do other than to trust you. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross, you rose again, and, and you, you've saved me, you've forgiven me. And so I put my hope and my trust in you. All my life is in your hands. And when we do that, God gives us a hope that will conquer everything and anything that you face in life. But you get to choose. Am I going to choose the hope that Jesus gives me? Or am I going to choose my own thoughts and feelings and abilities? Which usually leads us astray. <laughs> it's our choice.